So it's called Imperfect on Purpose. Um, and it's basically just about um, a lot of stuff yeah, or a lot of like, I guess, podcasts and just things in general focus on, I guess, like the good things that happen to people. So it's kind of about, I guess, those imperfect like situations that you find yourself in or things that happen to you that kind of shape you as a person. Um, so it's about just kind of taking those and making it part of your story rather than, you know, just like a negative thing in your life. So I don't know, I thought this would be a good um, situation to interview. And um, I mean, I've been following like, um, this case wasn't, I guess, maybe as public as like the taken at birth case. But um, I remember that case. And then I do remember when the news broke, because, you know, I'm from Indiana, too. So I remember hearing about this case as well. And so kind of been just, you know, I'm like a true crime junkie. So I've been following the cases for like a while. And me too. And I never thought it was going to be my <laughs> Definitely. We can talk about a little bit about what happened and then I'll just go through kind of the questions that I have. And then there's some stuff that um, I guess I have like the information and then I'll probably just look for you to kind of confirm it and make sure that I'm like correct in like the numbers or like the statistics of certain things and stuff like that. So, okay. Okay. Um, so today my guest is Jacoba Ballard. She is from the new Netflix documentary, Our Father, which is currently, I think, number two on Netflix top 10 in movies right now. Growing up, I felt different. I was 35 and I take a DNA test. When I opened up Ancestry, I had over 3,000 hints. All of these random names were popping up and it said close family. We all matched the name Klein. Dr. Klein was the best infertility doctor in Indianapolis. Right then, I knew Klein was our biological father. So that's when strange things started happening. I think it was some sick experiment for him. Most of us have blonde hair, blue eyes. It was almost like this perfect Aryan clan. It's disgusting. How the fuck did no one know? For decades. I had to tell my husband, we're just now finding out that Julie is not yours. I reached out to every news outlet, big and small. There was a person of a position of power. He's known in our community as a philanthropist. He's an elder of the church. And the attorney general's office. I don't deny that it was a sexual violation, but legally, there's just no crime that touches this particular act. The majority of us live in a 25-mile radius of each other. I walk around, and I can be related to anyone. I dread every new match that comes, but they just keep coming. You're praying. Please don't let it be somebody I know. Please don't let it be somebody I dated. He wants me to keep quiet, but I will never back down. I will fight to expose all of your secrets. He's hiding something more sinister. Um, so Jacoba found out from her um, in the past that her parents had used a fertility doctor while trying to conceive her and she longed for a sibling. So she used an ancestry service to kind of begin searching for possible half siblings and what she discovered would shock her. So she ended up having quite a bit of siblings and more to come as time would go on. Would you like to kind of summarize, I guess, what happened, <laughs> what you discovered? So, yeah, so first, and there, like it says, longed for, 
sorry, all this autoimmune stuff. It's so hard to talk sometimes. Um, so I have a half sibling growing up. We did not connect. So when that was, and there's so many people think I'm only child. Um, I wanted somebody that I connected with though, to share my life and, you know, actually have that sibling connection. Um, Goodness, sorry. Ask the other last portion of that. Um, <laughs> I just wanted you, to clarify I guess that. kind of summarize what transpired from what you found out. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, when I took that DNA test, well, actually, it was before I told my husband, it's crazy. He has three brothers. And, you know, he was always cry you're making me cry um he is so close with his brothers and it wasn't ever a jealousy but it was more of a I want that I want to be able to go do stuff and so I told him I said I think I'm gonna look and see I might have one or two half siblings and if I connect with you know my paternal biological side anybody else like great I feel like you can't have too many people in your life to love and love, you know, love you and love you and you love back. So, um, I went on a site where you could, um, register. It's no longer there. And I took the siblings address, put it in and I, it was shocked the similarities. Well, we ended up taking DNA tests and it was fairly close in, you know, with a month or two. And I was the last one. And that's, there was eight of us at the time. And I thought that was overwhelming back then. And now um, I don't have an exact count, but we're in the nineties or close to it. Um, I think the documentary stopped at 94, but even then you guys have said, you know, siblings kind of pop up from month to month. And so, yeah. And so many people, their count is different. So, (laughs) but that's where, and I'm sure we're going to have more here in DNA tests take six to eight weeks. So We'll, we'll, we'll know here in probably two months. <laughs> Definitely. Do you, so you anticipate, I guess, more people after kind of the, cause before it was more of like a, like a local story. Now it's kind of like maybe even worldwide, um, that this is out there. Do you anticipate, I guess, more siblings probably saying, wow, I, I look like them or my story. Let me ask my parents, you know, what went on and what doctor they saw and more people coming forward. Yes, I do. Um, And I think that it also, a lot of parents are having to tell their children. Now, I don't necessarily like want to blame parents because mine were even the same, but they were advised back then to not tell your children and to always keep it a secret where I'm in different donor conceived groups. And I can tell you, nobody loves their parents any less whether there's a biological connection or not. Um, so I think they're having to have those discussions. But, and I've had so many people reach out to me saying, you know, they think they might be a sibling and send pictures. While I do appreciate it and I understand that, like, you can't go by pictures, you have to do a DNA test, so. Definitely. Well, that, that's good to know that, I mean, hopefully more people have a little bit more information about their background after this coming out. Mm-hmm. And um, so as the story goes on, so you found kind of all these siblings and there's about 
um, probably coming up on a hundred of you guys. Um, and what, what you guys discovered through this was that your biological father was actually the infertility doctor that, um, was servicing all of, you know, you guys as parents. Um, and long story short, he ends up getting away with it. Um, so they couldn't charge him with rape. They couldn't charge him with battery, even though these women didn't consent to him using his own sperm being used to impregnate them. Um, the only thing he was charged with is obstruction of justice. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Two and then of obstruction of justice. I'm surprised I didn't do account for, I guess, every child that he had, because technically he lied, you know, that many times, but mm-hmm. Um, do you anticipate, I guess, any other charges ever being brought up against him or? So we're hoping so. Um, the prosecutor, as you saw in there, you know, the, for the state said that the, the law just didn't cover it. I actually can say I have a brother. I don't use half, but <clears throat> for being technical, half brother. <laughs> who is an attorney and he actually has like been going over it. We, we, we just talked a little bit ago and uh, you know, he said it basically boils down to, they, they probably could have, I mean, I'm not an attorney and I can't speak for them, but I can say that I feel like the state failed us. And I also feel like they didn't try because it's such a gray area you know, I feel like people's trying to build their stepping stones and kind of, you know, makes you sick for all of us, especially just Americans to know that you're going to, somebody will put that above humans and human life. Definitely. But and, we're going to change it. <laughs> and you, you guys have already been making steps to change it, correct? Yes. So yes. you guys got the bill passed in Indiana for in sure. Are they, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, in 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy to think about the fact that up until, you know, just a couple of years ago, there were no laws. I, I think maybe only California was the only one that had one prior to that. And even that wasn't, it wasn't a full, like, I guess it still had gray areas. So it's great to know that, you know, you guys put forth steps to get, you know, the law passed in Indiana for sure. Were there any other states that you guys had a hand in? Kind yes. of. Yes. Yes. So, um, there's Eve Wiley. This happened to her and her mother as well. Well, her, you know, she's a product. She's from Texas. She was going through this pretty much the same time. And, you know, through our trauma, we became great friends. And so she was instrumental in getting Texas to passing a law. And so not everyone, but I've worked with her and Jody Madeira, on getting laws passed in other states. So far, there's nine states that have a law, and hopefully, we get a federal law soon. You know, I think I mean, there's I, nine or either eight other states. I think kind of proposing a law as well. So I think those are you know really good steps in the right direction. But like you said, we need a federal yes. law. This should be, mm-hmm. it should be so much bigger than at um, a state level. Yes, but but the thing is is you know, you don't ever think about it until something happens to you and it directly affects you because we always think, well, we're protected. How could, it's so absurd that you you would think that there would be something to protect you. 
Definitely. And I think people look at, you know, doctors and hold them kind of to a higher standard. So you don't think like, oh, I have this doctor, but I don't really trust them. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think to not be able to trust your doctor. So people are really in kind of a vulnerable place and people like your mother were really, you know, really not even just trusting, but they were, you know, they longed for a kid. And so they think, oh, this is, he's a specialist in this area and he's really thrive. Like people are going to him. It's working out for them. I'll, I'll use him. And so they probably heard through word of mouth as well. Like, oh, he's great. And we were able to get pregnant. And so, you know, they trust him. And then he goes and does something like this and it's horrendous. It's disturbing, but yes. yes. But like you said, I mean, well, I mean, like you said, what your podcast is, you know, all about, you have to take those little things and turn them into a positive definitely or it will eat you up <laughs> of course how um I guess how are your parents doing with I guess maybe all the newfound publicity and just you know kind of everything that's the way everything transpired so <clears throat> they are very private and I've tried to keep them private they've always supported me um I've always well you know, had a mouth, I guess is what you say. And so when I, my mom's always said, if I'm determined to do something, I'm going to do it. So when I told them, this is, you know, that I'm going to go public and, um, they didn't fight me on it. They were, and I think my mom was just so shocked and hurt. She still is, but I think that the amount of it's spread out farther now you know she can cope better I guess is what you'd say and to know probably now that she's not alone you know and what happened to her because there's a hundred other moms somewhere that this or 90 something you know mom somewhere that this happened to as well um and then I guess there were Mm -hmm. 44 other doctors that have done the same thing and so I mean even more so people that are in the same kind of predicament as her but I think it's good to have you know somebody like your parents parents that are even though they might be hurt by it they're supportive and they're there for you and appreciate the work that you're doing regardless yes yeah and I mean for the most part it's become a big family I mean obviously with this many we're not all going to get along we're all not going to agree but I have found those that are such a support system that I can cling to and have like true meaningful sibling relationships and some of the parents um you know, I've always said, like, I've, or I've gained more moms and dads than, <laughs> and I'm grateful for it. So like we both talked about um, how this could be, it could be a negative situation that you can turn into a positive. Um, I guess, would you ever have imagined, you know, when you were first looking for, <laughs> um, you know, some possible siblings that you'd grow to have this huge family and support system? No. And if I could have it all to do over again, this is absolutely not what I would want to be known for. I can tell you that much, but you know, so many people were in such a vulnerable state and no, I didn't want to, you know, become public, but our name was, um, the news media got our names from the attorney general complaint that we filed. And that was when I made the choice and sorry, I'm going to cry. I thought 
if I have to be the one that kind of has no privacy and people saying horrible things to her, if I have to do that to protect other people, to protect my mom, to protect other moms and my siblings, then um, so be it. Because that's all we can do as people is, um, I feel like live this life, <clears throat> excuse me, <sighs> live this life and know that we die making a difference or trying to. Definitely. And I'm, I'm sure everyone appreciates you for that. And I mean, even someone like me, like I'm, you know, I don't have anything to do with it, but I'm so glad that you brought light to this and are able to share your story. It's, and even, you know, putting yourself on the line like this and sacrificing your privacy to save other women or other people, you know, down the line, and even just to go up against, you know, this man that you don't know. And even in the, you know, in the documentary, talk a little bit, I don't want to say you were scared, but you know, like he was this big doctor in, you know, a big city and that can be hard. And like you said, people will be against you. People will say things and it it's hard, but you're doing the good work and you're Thank appreciated. You. But I mean, you look at so many things that, you know, people fight against and you know, unjust, injustices and histories that made being quiet. <laughs> so definitely. <but> thank you. <laughs> um, so how long was the process from when you found out to when you saw uh, Dr. Klein in court? So I found out the end of 2014, we, along, you know, siblings, we, myself and two others would text each other and call and um, I actually messaged a second cousin through 23andMe and she confirmed so that was 2015 and then 2016 it was confirmed with the DNA test and so two years but we met him before that too in a restaurant and it was so clinical and he it was like he was grading us Mm, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do remember you talking about it, that in the mm -hmm. documentary. Man, that's, I'm sure this, it's just, it's probably hard to even talk about because it's just such a unique and hurtful mm -hmm. situation. Um, so like we talked about, a lot of stories focus kind of on not necessarily the bad or imperfect things that happen to you. Um, but when things like this do happen, it becomes kind of a part of your story um, and it turns you into the person that you are today. How did this happening to you, um, how has it helped you or any of your siblings kind of find your purpose? Um, I can't speak for siblings, but for myself, I feel like I was um, kind of, I don't want to say pushover, but I was not one to speak up and I feel like this made me find my voice. <laughs> so I found it and I won't let that go now. So and now you're, now you're leading kind of a whole movement and, <laughs> and I never, ever thought that would happen, but Hey, if it, like I said, if it helps other people, other women, and it's crazy because this is not even, it's brought up. I've gotten so many messages from those that have been sexually assaulted and, you know, that's not even with fertility fraud. And I'm, I'm just glad that like, I can be a voice. I'm so. 
Definitely. I know you yeah. said this isn't like what you would want to be known for, but I mean, this could always lead to something, you know, even bigger that could seem, you know, more could be more on the positive side. So don't, don't, you know, take this as just, oh, I'm known for, you know, this certain thing you guys are changing, you know, you're creating laws like this is it's, it's big. Like, don't, don't downplay it and say, Oh, I wouldn't want to, you know, be known yeah. for this because you'll be known for so much more. You can already tell by the movement that you're creating. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Of course. What can an average person do to aid in the fight against fertility fraud? Like those not affected like myself, how can we still help? So um, hopefully we start on the federal bill soon. We are in talks with some representatives. I have my social media is public and I also like share a lot of Eve Wiley's, but if you see us post anything about the laws, whether it be in a state or federal, if you can write, call in support, because, you know, most people think, well, I'm just one voice, but your voice matters. So the more people that we have in support of that, the better. Definitely. So where can we find you? Uh, where can people find you on social media? Oh, goodness. I'm on um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let me find isn't that horrible? I'm losing my, <laughs> I'm like, so, um, the, my Twitter is Jacoba Ballard and my, um, Instagram is Jacoba J Ballard. Okay. Perfect. So I'll go ahead and put like all those links in it when I post. Um, also, uh, is there anything else I guess you'd like to say kind of to the people, to this podcast or just in general? Um, I mean, just thank you for supporting me and those that are wondering you know take a dna test if you need support i have posted a lot of places for support for donor conceived or fertility fraud if you are a parent and you know you're worried about your children if you haven't discussed this and you know told their conception story there's there's also places for support too and just always remember that you know your children will still love you. And that's just, I don't know. I mean, I just can't, <laughs> so many parents are just so worried about that. And so many of us just reassure them that it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Definitely. And I think most, uh, you, especially, I think this is something you went through. You'd rather know the truth than kind of yes. like, you know, mm -hmm. living a lie, but yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for joining you. 